Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We got Robert Turbin in, Mike Lefko alongside you, and you know what happens at 4 o'clock. John Clayton is with us. John, how are you? How are you feeling today? Uh, you know, still shaky. I mean, a little, I feel better. It's just, I just hope I can make it through this segment without coughing. Okay. We, we will keep you on as long as possible. If yeah. you need to go, you can duck out on us, but we're going to flow with it as long as you can go. So yeah. starting off here, this is kind of something we've been talking about, and, uh, and Dave Wyman was on earlier with us for a little bit, and Robert Turbin's here. So we've kind of talked about this, whether the Seahawks are closer to making a Super Bowl or if they're closer to needing to go through a rebuild? Where are you along those lines? I still think that they're close enough to the Super Bowl as long as they keep Russell Wilson and, you know, just add to the uh, team on defense and add to the, you know, fix up the offensive line in the offseason. I still think so because, again, they're a 12-win team last year that added talent. Now, it didn't work out because of a couple of things. I mean, certainly not having your starting running back, Chris Carson, most of the season, that didn't help. You know, losing a Hall of Fame quarterback for three games, and he struggled through three games. And so that uh, that didn't help. And so now you lose uh, Jamal Adams. But, uh, no, I still think there's enough talent on this team as long as they add more. John, who do you think is the favorite to go to the Super Bowl this year? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's like I, it's like that I, six, four, five, six weeks ago, people started asking me that, and I started seeing you know Tennessee lose, and I saw you know bad losses by me. Buffalo to Jacksonville. It's like nobody knows. I mean, you can say something, but again, you you just you can't predict it. Just got to play it out. Well, it's funny though too along those lines. I understand it's wild to be talking about playoffs when the Seahawks are 4-8, and yeah. eight, and there is still a very, very slim chance, looking yeah. like more likely than not. But right. if you look at those final spots, mm-hmm. 6 and 7 in the wild card, the Washington football team is 6, San Francisco is 7th, both have 6-6 six and six records. I mean, is it likely to think that neither one of these teams hold on, one of them hold on, or should we assume that those are the two teams going forward? No, again, I think it's going to be wide open because, again, you got you know such – I mean, San Francisco, I think, can hold on to be able to do it. Uh, we'll see about everybody else. But, again, when you only have five teams with winning records in a conference, uh, you have to figure that you know nine wins is probably going to get you in, and there's an outside chance it could be eight you know, for that seventh seed. So uh, I'd still say everything's still wide open as far as that goes. Vikings playing tonight, John, and I saw the report that Dalvin Cook is going to play – uh, looks like he's healthy. I mean, would you say he's 100%? Should no. he be out there? I don't know. I, I, I kind of question it right now because you know he's missed a lot of time. Looks like he's trying to rush back. I think you can see that the Vikings are in such a panic situation. We're here. They're at home. I mean, they're now, they've are now they got a losing record. You know, They want to try to win. But you worry, are they rushing him back? And I think that could be a possibility. Turbo, I know you've been through some injuries, and specifically you can talk to the impact of a running back over the course of uh, you know a long season and now 17 games. And, John, we have seen a lot of injuries to key players. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a coincidence or now the fact there's 17 games is going to see more of this, but how do you think a longer schedule will start to impact these guys? Are well, we going to start to see more and more injuries? I think so. I mean, you're seeing it now. Because uh, you know, like last year, because you know, I chart all the missed starts, and 
there was like uh, 1900 and we're clearly on a path right now to go over 2000 now again because you know I've been kind of battling this uh, cold or whatever you want to call it I haven't been able to catch up a little bit in the last week because I've just been trying to spend as much time in bed and trying to you know get through the coughing and all that stuff but uh, no it's it's really risen and then you can see it's you know not just key starters but and again, what's what's so weird is that uh, you know you have the, the three week cycle uh, right now for the players, but there's so many guys on the three week cycle that get in there and are injured that uh, the list keeps growing and growing and growing. John, earlier we talked about some of the worst franchises in the mm-hmm. league right now. We were kind of referring to the Texans, and I was asked, you know, if I had to, you know, the the if I could pick any team to not go to in the league right now, one team. Who would it be was probably the Detroit Lions for me. And then as I thought about it, it might have been Cleveland. But what's one of the worst franchises in the league right now? If you were a player, which franchise would you want to avoid playing for at this time? I'd say Houston or Jacksonville. You know, and then you can probably throw in Detroit, too. I mean, all three are bad. I mean, in the case of Jacksonville, you got Urban Meyer as the head coach, and uh, you know, it's like that's that's a that's a disaster. And then Houston, I mean, they just keep letting players go. Uh, you know, here here it is. You know, they had Zach Cunningham who signed a four-year, fifty-eight million dollar contract last year. They let him go because you know he was late for meetings and didn't show up for COVID tests and all those different things. But uh, no, I, I think right now Houston is probably uh, one of the worst because I think they're the worst run. Hey, I want to ask you this, too, about the AFC, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit of an up-and-down season. Obviously, they've gone through a lot with some of their players, their head coach. Uh, the coach that's there now, their special teams coordinator, as the head coach right now, do you see him? Do you see them re-signing him as the head coach next year or going out to get someone else? They'll go out and get somebody else. I mean, this is a team in Vegas. Do you think they're going to go with Rich Masasio, a special teams coach, Masasio, next year? That's right. So it's like uh, I, I'd say no. And, uh, you know, because, again, what you have to do is you have to shake up the staff and do all those different things. And, you know, I think that uh, they'll go out and try to get somebody because they need a name. And, you know, right now you still wonder if they don't make the playoffs or they have a losing season or something like that. You know, is uh, Mike Mayock, the general manager, going to be back? So I think there's going to be a lot of major changes. There's already been a lot of major changes with the Raiders. It's funny, John, that we haven't – well, maybe it's not because it's the Texans, but we yeah. haven't spent much time talking about the actual matchup this week, about the Seahawks-Texans game, and it's a couple of days away. The Texans have a major issue at quarterback right now. Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor has that torn ligament in his wrist. What does it look like in terms of who might start? And at this point, though, if you're the Seahawks, does it matter because of no. what the Texans are? No, because they're that bad. Davis Mills is going to get the start. Okay. Stanford quarterback, third-round pick. I mean, he's going to get end up getting the start. But, uh, I mean, you can look and see they don't have much at running back. They don't have much at wide receiver. Their offensive line's been a disappointment. There's not a lot to go on right now for that team. And then on defense, I mean, yeah, they, they get some young players that are starting to emerge and coming off and doing some decent things there. But in the end, it's like I don't even know if you want to call it a matchup because they're, they're so bad. It's kind of like you go back several weeks ago and – you have everybody down on the Seahawks nationally, right? Which, of course, they're still down on the Seahawks mm-hmm. naturally. And they said, oh, because uh, they're playing Jacksonville. And so now, then they started to say, well, I think right now, with Russell Wilson hurt, Jacksonville's the better team. And you go, what? 
What are you talking about? And so uh, next, what happens? It was a blowout win with Seattle just taking care of Jacksonville. And this is, you know, this is a game where you start to get things right. And so this should be a very one-sided type of game. Hey, John, I kind of compared this season for the Seahawks to the Patriots season last year as, you know, going into this offseason, Patriots had a bunch of cap mm-hmm. space and they went out and, and, and basically spent a bunch of money on a lot of top guys. Could you see that same kind of thing happening for Seattle? They have some cap room. I'm not sure the number, but they do have some cap space going into the offseason and really bolstering their roster. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I think that uh, that's going to be the mission right now because you know not only do they have the cap room next year with the cap going up to $208 million, you know, they got about 13, 12, 12 to $13 million of cap room this year where if they don't spend it on somebody, then uh, you know they can move it into next year. So I think the cap room is going to be plentiful. We know that uh, they have plenty of running backs right now if they're all healthy. The problem is they aren't healthy right now, and Chris Carson is under contract for next season. His injuries have been a big concern. Do they still have to go out and address the running back position? I think so, yeah. I mean, because, again, you know know that Rashad Penny's not going to be back, and you figure they want to try to bring back Alex Collins. Uh, but uh, they're going to be, you know, thin. They, they still have, you know, Travis Homer, and they still have DJ Dallas. But they still need to get that one or two backs that can, you know, be at the top of the list. And so, no, I think that, you know, whether it's, it's more likely, I think, in the draft. And again, I think that, uh, as I know, we've been talking about all week, is like I think that, you know, second round, if they have a high choice or something like that, they can probably get a left tackle or some kind of a tackle, and then third round, fourth round, try to get a running back. John, I don't know if you're a movie guy or not, but uh, I know you've covered the league a long time. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like there's a new movie about Kurt Warner. It's called The, uh, the American. Uh, can you speak to Kurt Warner, his career? Were you a fan of his throughout his career, throughout oh, yeah. the course of his career? Well, it's, I'm not only a fan, but also was great. Uh, you know, at Westwood One, doing the sidelines, you know, with uh, – with 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 uh, Kurt doing the broadcast and Kevin Harlan and so it's like uh, you know I even got to see him more but what I liked is you know because I, I still remember going to training camp and seeing that transition you know when Tur- Kurt took over as a starting quarterback and you're talking about a guy that had to go to NFL Europe he was undrafted and all those different things and he did such a great job of uh, you know running that offense and to a point where I mean you go to you know what 2000 or so and he ends up beating the Tennessee Titans in a close game that Tennessee almost came back and won. <clears throat> so I thought that, you know, he, he's incredible. And, you know, I thought that, you know, going to the Super Bowl like he did, playing like he did, he just needed one more thing to get to the Hall of Fame. And that, of course, was, you know, getting Arizona into the Hall of Fame. And so he got it. He's a Hall of Famer. Great guy. Great person. His wife is fantastic. No, I, I, I really respect him, not just as a player, but a, as a person and now a broadcaster. Since we're talking about quarterbacks, John, uh, the 360 wants to know, what's going on with Deshaun Watson? I mean, we know he's still yep. there. He's around. Is he going to be on the team moving forward? Do they have to wait for his legal situation to sort out? What's the situation around Deshaun mm, Watson? I, I think they'll find a way to trade him next year. At some point, I mean, because again, uh, his case is going to be you know, really tied up uh, till probably the middle of the summer, 
you know, because I don't think they're going to be able to get to the trial until May, June, and July. And so that's going to really take some time. But, no, I, I can see him being traded because, again, he doesn't want to be in Houston. I think they pretty well have given up on him, too. So I can see that being a, a, a case where, you know, this will be his last year there. The question is going to be who makes that trade and what do they do? Well, the, the thing is now, does that lose leverage for the Texans, knowing that he wants to be out, or are they still going to hold them to that? What, what was this? I think, what, did they want, like three or four first-round yeah, picks? It was three, kind of a three strange ones standard. Three and two twos, which, okay. was ridi- which was ridiculous. Right, so is that still going to be kind of the measuring stick for other teams, and is anyone going to pay that type no. of a price? No. I mean, if that's going to be the case, he's going to stay in Houston and not play. Okay. Yeah. Because, again, they're not going to pay that kind of price. Who do you think would be potential suitors? I think Philadelphia. Uh, you still kind of wonder a little bit about Miami. That could be a possibility. You know, I, I, don't, I question whether Denver would do something. You know, right now you have uh, women owners that uh, are running the team, and I think they're going to be gun-shy of trying to do something, which they should, you know, with 21 lawsuits against them for sexual type of things. I know Pittsburgh's not going to go for him because it's not going to be a fit with the Steelers. You know, so, uh, you know, and again, there's going to be less teams looking for quarterbacks next year, so that's going to limit the market of what they're going to probably be able to get for him. All right, so we're looking at these running backs. Yeah. This is the Seahawks, Adrian Peterson, he got that touchdown. But but outside of that, last week, you know, 11 carries for 16 yards. He's 36 years old. I know it was his first week, and he had just been there for a few days. But w- what do you expect his impact to be moving forward? Will he have much of an impact? Or because, you know, he's 36, he's new to this team, is he just going to kind of be a, a really in a supporting role? I think a supporting role because, again, it's like – to ask him to do great things, I don't think he can do it at this stage. It's kind of like when Marshawn Lynch came in with Robert Turbin in December. And what ended up happening was that, you know, Marshawn did a great job on goal line, but he, he didn't do, you know, he didn't get many yards in the middle of the field. So that's where things kind of get bogged down. So I think that at the, at the best, what you're looking at is like about three yards a carry. Well, John, big showdown this Monday yeah. night. Right, NFC West, Rams versus Cardinals, uh, playoff implications mm-hmm. going on there. How do you see that that game uh, shaking out? I see the Cardinals winning because right now you got uh, Kyler Murray as the uh, most accurate quarterback in the league. He's great for yards. He's great for points. He's doing everything so well, and their defense is playing well. And you know, right now they got a two game edge over the Rams and have already beaten the Rams. So I think Arizona's going to win. Are you still along the lines that uh, the Packers are maybe the best team in the NFC right now, or will, will that win for the Cardinals maybe kind of push them toward the top of these NFC power rankings? Well, they're at the top right now, pretty close Arizona, to the top. Yeah, yeah so, so it's like, but uh, I still give the edge right now, today, to Green Bay because, again, you know, they've got Aaron Rodgers. Their defense is really doing well. So you throw all that together, and it's like uh, it's hard to top. Man, there's been a lot of talk about the AFC, right? The Patriots have risen back to the top of that conference and and their division as well. And you know, the Chiefs for uh, a good you know number of years were you know at the top of that that conference. Mm-hmm. And Pat Mahomes and all the things that they were able to do dynamically on the offensive side of the ball. But it seems like over the last couple of years, Patrick Mahomes has taken kind of a step back with his performance. Uh, what do you think is going into his uh, uh, lack of greatness right now? 
Uh, I think that uh, they just made a few too many mistakes. Now, again, he had a great week about two weeks ago. He struggled a little bit in the last game, but never right off Patrick Mahomes. I think he's the most talented quarterback in the league. I mean, he's certainly smart. He's got Andy Reid calling the plays for him. So don't write them off because, again, they're still good. And, again, they've got Tyreek Hill and they've got great receivers. Even Josh Gordon's going to get a chance to start a little bit. John, I know where you fall along these lines, and isn't it funny that the, the crowd that wants to get rid of Russell Wilson, you look around the league, and yeah. every good team, every stable team, has that franchise-type quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots traded up to try to get a guy like Mac Jones because they thought he was the guy after they had a down year. But you talk about the Chiefs that Turbo just mentioned, and yeah. the guy, the teams that have been the best in the NFC over the past, maybe, what, decade, as well, mm-hmm. along with the Seahawks, the, the Packers, and the Saints. So... Does this just kind of lend more credence to the fact that it would be comical to get rid of Russell Wilson at this point? It wouldn't be comical because it would be tragedy. Okay. I mean, because, again, it's like uh, if you want to you know, go and be a team that's going to win four or five games a year for the next three years, then you trade Russell Wilson. I am just so happy that uh, – and, again, I'll ask you both – uh, if you believe him or not, but he came out today and says, hey, all this uh, talk about tr- me waving the no trade clause is n- a non-issue. I'm going to be with this team till the end of my contract in 2023. Thank heavens he said it. Now, do you believe him? I believe him. I do, too. Yeah, I think there's and now 2023 is not that long. You know, that's just yeah. a couple more years. So I certainly believe that. But at this point, I, you have to go and help him out, right? I mean, yeah. we have talked about not needing to tear it down, but the Seahawks certainly have to make some moves. And we, we've talked about the offensive line. The problem has been for the Seahawks, they have not always drafted offensive linemen who have succeeded here. And some have gone on to succeed elsewhere. Some have just not panned out. But mm-hmm. for Seattle, assuming that they have to make a pretty key early round pick on an offensive lineman, does something need to change in their evaluation process? Is it kind of the development process? Or why have they missed what, what it seems like? Why have they missed so often on offensive linemen? Well, why they miss is because, I mean, it's in particularly certain years where the draft is going to be down, it's going to be you know tough when you're drafting as a playoff team to be able to get those good offensive linemen. Simple as that. Because you know what, where it comes down to is that if you draft in the 20s, you're not getting a first-round pick. Sure, he's labeled a first-round pick, but technically he's a second-round pick on the grades because, again, you only have like about 18 to 20 guys at the most, and that's even the most on a great draft to be able to be first-round grades. And so you're getting a second-round grade. And like, for example, people bring up Jermaine Effetti and saying, oh, that, that guy was a bust. Well, he wasn't a bust. He ended up starting for four years. Was he great? No. Was he good? No, he was average. But again, he started for four years. And so, uh, you know, this team likes to draft defense without question. They do a good job of drafting defense. And so it's like, uh, you know, sometimes it's just not easy when you're drafting, you know, not in that top group. Do they have to change that, though, kind of maybe in the evaluation process? Because now that the need is actually offense and their yeah. bread and butter is defense, do they maybe hire a consultant, maybe go out of house to try to say, all right, well, this is an area that hasn't been the best for us in the past. Do we have to go externally to help us address it? No. I mean, no? they got John Snyder. Okay. I mean, John Snyder is one of the best in the game. Just, just trust in John Snyder to try to be able to figure it all out. A couple teams at the bottom of the league. We're talking about the... <laughs> Detroit Lions spoke about them yesterday. We've been talking about the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're going to have some high draft picks, but it doesn't look like the the draft class at quarterback is uh, a very you know 
it, I mean, there's, there's some talent there, but it's not like there's not like that one guy that's going to be potentially number one overall. But do you see those teams drafting a quarterback high, or or, or maybe waiting in the later rounds? No, I mean, you have to. I mean, you, you know, you'll take one in the first round, but I think that uh, there may only be at the most one quarterback that'll go in the top ten, and everybody else will follow in the teens and twenties and all that stuff. It's not as good as last year because I mean, here you had you know five quarterbacks go in the top fifteen picks, and uh, you know the uh, Chicago traded up to get Justin Fields, and Patriots were lucky at fifteen to be able to sit there and get their quarterback and Mac Jones. But no, I don't I don't see that happening. You know, it's just not a great year for quarterback. I mean, even look at the the Heisman Trophy. Uh, because what I think you have what two or three quarterbacks, no two quarterbacks is that what it is two or th- two three quarterbacks that are in the Heisman race. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, thank you. Uh, you do sound a little bit better, so we hope you start to feel more better and get back to fully healthy. Uh, I made it. I made it through. I, you did. Bit, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good. That's exactly. That's great. <laughs> so now, that, I mean, that's the minimum, though. We hope you yeah. get fully better I moving hope forward. So too. Well, thank you, John. We appreciate. it. We'll talk okay. to you tomorrow. Thanks. Well, that's John Clayton's Coors Light Cold Hard Facts. If you missed any of today's Cold Hard Facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at 710sports.com.